Australia's newest podcast providing 360 degree access of all things NFL with an Aussie twist. Third and Long TV is brought to you by Little Birdie and topsport.com.au. I want to welcome in my guests. Well, they're not really guests, they're actually co hosts, MG and Corey. MG, welcome, mate. It has been a big week in football. Yes, even bigger. Paige has finally made it into the studio after, uh, what have we had, five shows? We were five or six shows in. Um, so it's good to have you. Welcome to uh, Little Birdie Studios. We're, we're six deep now and I'm finally here, but also throwing across to Corey McKernan, the uh, the big dog over there. How are you, mate? I'm good. So I thought I'd continue on. I'm not actually working from home at the moment. So uh, I thought I'd yeah join in the going to a different venue vibe and uh, brought to you uh, live from Twin Waters as we speak. Oh, rub it in, mate. Probably The weather's probably 30 degrees up there as well and just yeah. just having a couple of coldies in between uh, shows. 27, 27, not 30. <laughs> well, later on we're also going to be joined by Top Rope to discuss all things NFL betting with To The House. And uh, we're going to get straight into what has been a massive week in football. We are now four weeks in. Plenty of storylines to be had, but boys, the uh, the rookie QBs, we gave them a bit of a tongue lashing last week. We spoke about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. These guys now that they've they they've come in all guns blazing in week four. We've seen the best performances that we have seen to date from them. Marco, talk to us. It started with Trevor Lawrence in the Thursday night game. I love how you say we bake them last oh, week. Oh, well, like, this like, was a group effort. Yeah, this, so this it's fun. group credit and then it, we win together and oh, we lose together. Okay, I understand that. Um, yeah, no, the, you know, it's going to take time. You've got to understand that the the new quarterbacks and the high, higher drafts ones are obviously going into um, sides with problems and, and going to have teething problems and probably not as well protected and stuff like that. So um, I think generally, I think week to week, they've had some down weeks. Fields obviously had a, had a shocker a couple of weeks ago, but... Um, you know, by and large, I think, you know, they're showing the right signs, aren't they? You know, yeah. Lawrence hasn't won a game, but, you know, he, he was very good on the weekend. Mac Jones, again, just went down, took it to Brady. I know he wasn't playing with Brady, but I, I think generally the signs, Zach Wilson, another one, you know. So I, I just think as the week goes on, the weeks go on, um, I, I think the improvement will come. So You're not wrong, Corey. I'd love to get your thoughts on Zach Wilson. I know it's been spoken about at length this week. The Jets were tremendous against the Titans and it was led really by Zach Wilson there at QB1. He was just outstanding. There was a couple of really deep throws that he made that that resulted in touchdowns and really pinned the uh, the Titans back and and put them into a winning position. And can we just get your thoughts, Corey, on just how Zach Wilson performed in Week Four? Yeah, well, I must say, Paige, I wasn't exactly right over the moon when I saw Zach uh, throwing dimes because I did have him as a group of us. I got a little multi syndicate going at the moment, and both the New New York teams managed to crush me. Um, Look, but that said, look, it's. I think all that happens with this elite talent that gets picked up early, if you can give them time and give them support around them, um, eventually they're going to be allowed to flourish. Now, uh, just on a different topic, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going a little bit 
better than Urban Meyer at the moment. Um, <laughs> old Urban decided he'd uh, go out and have a couple of drinks after the game, but that's a different story. But look, Trevor Lawrence, I think it started on Thursday night football. He was he was fantastic the way he did. They were they were pretty stiff that they didn't win the game in the end. But I think it maybe just goes to show. Um, yeah, that some of this elite talent is there. They, they were picked that high for a reason. And uh, I think you can, if you can give them the support, show a little bit of patience and support them, I think, look, who knows where they end up. One week doesn't make the, make the whole season. But, yeah, it was a vast improvement. Boys, the Dallas Cowboys, they've come into this season perhaps a little bit under the, under the radar, but their defense under Dan Quinn has been thriving. Corey Trayvon Diggs is having an absolute career best season so far. He's had five picks in four games. But for me, it's, you know, the rookie, it's Micah Parsons who's really stood up um, in terms of QB pressures and really adding to another layer there. But talk to me about the, the Cowboys defense. I know this is something that you've been really big on. Yeah, look, I, I don't think, Paige, you can ever say that the Dallas Cowboys are going to fly underneath the radar <laughs> coming into any any season. I, I, obviously, they, they did hard knocks. But, yeah, look, Dan Quinn come in. Uh, look, I, I think the thing he's allowing the Cowboys to do, whilst on the weekend the Panthers still ended up with 30 points, maybe some of those points were towards the end um, anyway in that game. But it just it takes the pressure off Dak having to make big plays and then when they're running the ball as, as well as they are, it all adds up to a pretty good all-round product for the Cowboys. And look, they're another team that they're just going to keep getting the wins and, and who knows where this season goes. But there's a lot to like with it, beginning with the defense, as we just said. And uh, Marco, the Bills and the Cardinals, massive games in week four. I really think right now, I mean, we've, we've spoken about how good Matt Stafford has been. We've spoken about how good Derek Carr has been. Not enough love has been given to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I mean, they're a team that I think everybody is underrated coming into this season. Made some really good acquisitions in the offseason. JJ Watt there is really playing a role for them. But they're just playing faultless football at the moment. They're the only team uh, undefeated right now. Yep. They've got the 49ers this week. That's a big divisional, you know, playoff game that we're going to see later in the uh, in the show. But give me your thoughts on where the Cardinals are heading at the moment. Well, you can't fault them to date. Uh, 4-0, obviously, the first-ranked offense. Uh, they're averaging 35 points a game. Um, they're doing it on both ends of the field. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they've got the 49ers. They're in a tough division. So it's it's important for them to bank the wings, isn't it, in these in this division oh, with the teams. You've got to play um, some tough opposition going forward. So to get out of the gates takes a bit of the pressure off. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're playing really well. And, and Tyler Murray's, you know, I know it's early again, but he's definitely thrown his hat in the ring for the, uh, the top couple of, uh, you know, for the, um, the MVP race at the moment. And the Bills, they're the seventh team in the Super Bowl the era now to shut out two opponents by 35-plus points in back-to-back games. They are just they're not just scoring. They're just yeah. savagely scoring against teams, aren't they? Yeah, they've got some good stats. Um, you know, you know, you can go back and I think it was, you know, there are only one or two teams that have done that kind of stuff and how dominant they were. But, you know, I think in, in the context of this year, I just think, you know, th- this game's as big as any coming up. Um, I, I think there's a little bit more pressure on KC I- I- this week coming up. We'll talk about it later. But a, a big test for both sides. Um, but I- I'd be pretty happy if I'm on, on the Bills side, you know, with the, the best rank defense going in and KC really can't stop anyone so you know I don't think there's any fears on the Bills side of the 
the uh, the ball offensively, and they're obviously going well. Um, this it, this could be a cracker of a game, as I said. We'll we'll discuss later, but I, I think the winner, um, especially if it's the Bills, um, you know, will almost go close to being favourite for the uh, Super Bowl if they get over KC at KC this week. You're not wrong. AFC Championship uh, showdown pending between those two, perhaps, but. I'm going to ask both of you this, and Cora, I'm going to start with you. The biggest headline this week was Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Now, it was not what I think we all planned. There was there was no pizzazz. There was no craziness. There was there was really nothing. He passed the all-time scoring record, and it was all very ho-hum. Corey, your thoughts around the game. I know you were pretty strong on this on social media this week. Yeah, look, I, I think all that happened was more a case of uh, Tom Brady came back into New England and I think he thought that he had to behave like a patriot because he it was definitely done in the patriot way, uh, very uh, below and uh, flying underneath the radar. Um, look, I, I think what happens, and this happens in all sports, I think we're all guilty of it. I think sometimes we build them up to be so magnificent, these games, that they're going to be the be-all, end-all. And there was so much hype going into this game that it was, to be honest, was it ever going to live up to the heights that we what we'd ever expect? No. I felt like the Patriots maybe came away with more positives than what the uh, the Bucks did in the end. And look, but it was, it, look, I, I thought at the, at the end of the day, New England handled it. At a good, I, I liked what the crowd did. Like they acknowledged Tom when he ran out. But then as soon as he came on for the first drive of the game, they booed him and, and you probably don't expect anything less. Speaking of positives to take out, Marco, for the Patriots, and I know we touched on this earlier when we spoke about rookie QBs, but Matt Jones completed 19 consecutive completions. The only other guy to do that for... His mate crosses. Exactly. Tom Absolutely. Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady, the only other Patriot to do that as well. Now... I think that Mac Jones has made some great inroads in the last two weeks. But tell me, from a pa- from a Pat's point of view, as a fan, how impressive is it to see a guy like that soak up the pressure, the atmosphere, yeah. all the build-up, all the hype, and arguably outperform Brady head-to-head in, in such a massive game? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's obviously he's, he said it was his idol growing up and everything like that, so I'm sure he knew a lot of Brady's stats. I'm not sure whether he knew he'd equaled that during the run, but he, he would have known he was a hot hand for sure. Uh, I think he gains tremendous confidence going forward out of it. I know they didn't get the win, but just to be competitive, um, as you said, soak in probably maybe a finals-like atmosphere going into the match at least. I know it didn't play out. The weather didn't help as well, so you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's growing week to week, and, you know, they won't make playoffs this year, but going forward, it would be good to see how dominant he is on the back end of the year and then definitely going for next year, we might be back in the playoffs. One of the biggest surprises for me this week and maybe it's taken us all a couple of weeks to probably give this guy his dues but I wonder boys have we been sleeping on Justin Herbert now he had he completed 25 of 38 attempts had 202 uh, sorry 222 passing yards and three touchdowns on the weekend against a rampant Raiders outfit who were undefeated Corey, you've been a big fan of Herbert's, and I think he's now probably starting to get the love that he deserves. Well, when you go in the week before and you do what he did against Kansas City in Kansas City, I think it made everyone sit up and take notice. And then to be able to do it again on the big stage of Monday Night Football in SoFi Stadium, look, it was 
it's it's two great games in the memory memory, memory bank for him. I, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to this, but when you're these young up and coming quarterbacks and you can thrive on the big occasion, and he's done it by going into Kansas City and did it again on Monday Night Football. They were challenged in the third, um, toward, or sorry, towards the end of the game, and he stood up and. Look, it's exciting times for the for the Chargers fans. Both the LA teams could end up making pretty deep runs when it comes to the end of the year. Marco, Justin Herbert is the first QB since 1950 now to complete 500 plus passes before their 20th NFL start. Start, sorry, it's a pretty good start. Yeah, you've, there's plenty <laughs> plenty of records being broken in the first month, hasn't there? Yeah, at least so many. Um, yeah, he was. You know, I, like Corey said, I think he was. He was. He was very impressive Monday night because they were challenged during the third quarter and they looked like they not switched off, but when you know they led 21 uh, nil and they thought that probably maybe the job was done, uh, and then they had to switch back on. And when they needed the, the touchdown, he, he drove pretty hard and got and got the job done. He, I mean, his last two weeks have been very good, uh, and now he's got to uh, you know the hits keep coming. He got Cleveland this week in uh, almost a pick'em game. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see can he back up again and make it three in a row. But you know this this kid's been lights out so far. He is very impressive, and he, he's got the weapons around him to help as well. Um, but yeah, big occasion got the job done. So um, if you're a Chargers fan, um, you know it's bright 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 uh, season ahead for mine. Yeah, they can definitely go deep, that's for sure. But now we're going to go to Corey McKernan, uh, who is speaking to Heather Lloyd, a writer and blogger and football fanatic. More importantly, Corey's favourite team, the Indy Colts. She writes for them and uh, we're going to throw over to them right now. Well, welcome back to Third and Long and I'm particularly excited today that we've got a writer, a blogger, football fanatic and more importantly, she knows everything. My favourite team, the Indianapolis Colts and she's also got her website called The Blue Mare. I speak of none other than Heather Lloyd, a big welcome to you. How are you going, Heather? Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting up early to chat. No, no, I can, as you know, we are the NFL fans in Australia. That's something that, that's our rite of passage that we have to do. So these little sacrifices, especially to watch the, the NFL and in particular talk all things cults, it's very easy to do. You guys are so dedicated, honestly. I give you so much credit for that. I, I mean, that that's amazing to me. No, nah, we'll, uh, we'll get into it. But look, finally after a bit of a tough start, the, the, the Colts they finally went down to Miami and won the game 27-17. How did, how did you see it? I mean, you know, I think it said it all before the game started when Boomer Esiason said, the Colts, more than any other team in the NFL, need this win today. And a hundred percent, he was right. I mean, we all mm. felt that to go zero and four—that is, I mean, going zero and three was bad enough. It is very hard to pull yourself out of zero and four, you know, without really sort of starting to, you know, then you worry about losing the locker room. You know, I mean, certainly you're going to have fans jumping off, and you know, maybe a more empty stadium and. There's just so many things, unpleasantries that come with losing, you know, and, and of course, winning doesn't fix everything, but it, it fixes a lot, right? I mean, <laughs> suddenly the next day, 
Yeah, we're talking about the things that went right and not the things that went wrong, which is what we've been doing for the last several weeks here. So it really changes your perspective on everything. And, you know, they have work to do. I feel like they still need to build some chemistry. Carson Wentz hasn't worked a ton of time with with anyone on that offense, really, you know, and that still is showing a little bit. But the more healthy that we can get him, the more mobile we can get him, and the more chemistry they can sort of build every week, I just think that's really going to pay big dividends for them. And, and we, we're starting to see that, which is fantastic. And it, and when you trace it back, it all, it's all, you know, I mean, it's easier in hindsight, but then you see the preseason that he had, um, as you mentioned, not having that chemistry, then rolling the ankles. It's, um, you know, I mean, it's any wonder that this, and then the tough start, like look at that schedule that, yeah, you know, I mean, you could have had a real easy schedule and you could have been three three and zip and it would have masked over a lot of things. But is it more a case from your angle? I know when I sat down and knew I was going to talk to you, I think it could be nearly more of a case. And and that said, as long as we don't go into Baltimore this week and get our butts kicked. But is it more of a case of glass half full than half empty? Because when you, when you weigh all those things into the equation, there, there is a bit to look forward to. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is, I think we're about to find out if it's glass half full. (laughs) We really are, because up until now, you don't really know. We haven't seen enough yet, you know, and you want to give these new guys, you you know, the the, the young players that just came in, you got to give them time just to adjust to the NFL. And then you got to give Carson Wentz time to get used to playing with them. And, you know, it was a very weird spring. The Colts did not do OTAs. They didn't, do, they didn't do their whole off-season training this spring, which really would have given Carson Wentz some good time with those guys. You know, you still had COVID out there. A lot of people were not vaccinated yet. So I understand. You know, they had to make a call. Um, all they had was one mini camp. And then they sort of just sent everyone away for eight weeks. So it is very tough to build chemistry right like that. I think when you look back, Teams like the Colts that had a brand new quarterback were probably at a disadvantage, you know, not having that time with each other. Um, So, yeah, and then then training camp comes and the absolute worst happens, which is Carson Wentz gets hurt in day two. So your biggest concern signing this guy is his injury history. Pretty soon it's day two of training camp. He's had no time with the, the players around him. And all of a sudden now he's out for weeks. So, you know, that was really, really tough. And so, of course, I think you, what, what you were saying is you finally, he makes this miraculous quick recovery with that foot surgery and he's ready to go for the start of the season, which I don't think any of us expected. I certainly did not. But of mm. course, those first couple of games are going to look like your preseason games. They have to because he hasn't had any time with anyone yet really in a game situation. Then again, throw those rookies in there. Your first real NFL game is not like your first preseason game, you know, so they need a little bit of time to adjust to that. I thought Jonathan Taylor had a really interesting um, um, uh point to make on the Colts radio broadcast before the game this week. He said, it's crazy to him because you come from college football where the stadiums are jam packed with a lot more people. I mean, those college stadiums hold like a hundred thousand plus people where Mm -hmm. an NFL stadium is what maybe 60. I mean, the the bigger ones are like maybe 80,000 Jerry's got, you know, in in Dallas, Jerry's got, you know, Jerry world, which I think is 90,000, but that's by far the biggest. Um, But he said, what's amazing is there's more people in those college stadiums but it's much more loud in the NFL stadiums. So it kind of shows you like the passion that you're getting from those fans and those NFL stadiums. And these players aren't used to that. 
So, you know, it, it's just the speed, the strength, how hard the hits are, you know, how hard that, you know, that, that pain that lingers afterwards for days and days after the game, when you're being hit by these, uh, these professional players. Uh, so yeah, it just, they got off to a very slow start and to finally see them getting some traction and building some chemistry, you know, I mean, even like, you know, complimentary football, suddenly the offense is, you know, is, is making some strides and then, then the defense gets some juice in the second half, you know? Mm. So they need to be off the field and recover a little bit. And they were able to do that this week. So it's just, you really have to pull it all together. And that I feel like for the first time this last Sunday, they're really finally starting to pull it together. And the one who really seemed like that got us going was, um, and you just spoke of him before, was uh, Jonathan Taylor. He he really seemed yeah. like in that for it's a pretty lackluster first half, and only sort of come to life late in this in that first half. I think it was a runner, Jonathan Taylor, but just a little bit about his game. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's such promise for him, and we saw some of this, you know, last year, and then this year. The, I mean, obviously, the expectations for him went way way up. So. Um, yeah, to see him go out there and do a hundred yard, you know, he had a hundred plus rushing yards. I mean, I don't know that you expect that out of him every game, but I think we expect more of that than not, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we expected this guy to be sort of the guy and to be able to carry the ball umpteen times. And he looked like that in the second half yesterday. So that's where I was kind of saying that everyone has to do their job for those things to happen. The O-line had to, you know, get some symmetry there. You know, even getting the path passing game going, that suddenly opens up running lanes for Jonathan Taylor. And that's why I think you started to see as you take that focus off of, you know, stopping the run, making Carson Wentz throw the ball. Well, suddenly he's having success throwing and, you know, Jonathan Taylor suddenly is able to is able to get some running yards. So I think he sort of set the tone in the second half and then you made some big plays, you know, I mean, those both of those tosses to Mo Ali Cox where, you know, he had a touchdown, um, you know, I, I just, it was amazing to me to see how different the, the second half looked from the first half. Um, and really, I mean, I was still a little concerned in the first half. I'm like, you know, nothing, I mean, we, we were getting a little bit going, but not, not great. And, you know, it just, it didn't feel like they were really, able to pull things together. And yeah, just to finally see that happen in the second half, I thought was huge, but just, you know, Michael Pittman, young wide receiver, again, a guy we've got a lot of hopes for. I feel like every game he's sort of establishing himself as that wide receiver, number one, as we're waiting for T.Y. Hilton to come back. And he did that again yesterday, you know, um, Jack Doyle, he's always in there, Mr. Dependable. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's like the more Carson Wentz can hit some of those targets and, and, and feel like, these guys are going to come up with the ball and these guys are there for me and I can depend on these guys. That is just going to really help this team grow and, and find, you know, find, find the success that they so, so have needed. And finally, I feel like are, are starting to get. And you touched on it. When, when can we expect TY back? I know for all the Colts fans out there and uh, when can we expect him back on the field? He had neck surgery, which, of course, that sounds really scary. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you might expect him to not be back at all this year. But supposedly he's almost ready to start practicing. In fact, the latest thing that I saw is that T.Y. will start practicing this week, which is very, very promising. Um, so, I mean, he's another one. Take another, you know, tool and throw it in that tool chest for Carson Wentz. He's going to love having T.Y. Hilton out there because 
even though he may not be the T.Y. Hilton that Andrew Luck started playing out, you know, started his career off with, he's still really good. And when you put him out there, defenses cannot forget about this, about him. You know, you got T.Y. Hilton out there. You better cover him. You better have a guy on him at least. And that just, that opens up opportunities for other guys now that we have out there. You know, again, Michael Pittman, um, Paris Campbell, again, you know, we haven't seen a ton from him, but he had, he had a catch yesterday. He also had, you know, he, he had, a, he had another drop and it was kind of, you know, he sort of came up with it, but then it turned out he really didn't come up with it. So, you know, he's still got some things to prove out there, but the more guys you get on the field that can make plays, you know, the tougher time the defense is going to have covering those guys. And that's what we talked about the entire spring is you got so many guys. How are the defense, you know, how, how are they going to figure out who they're going to cover? Well, you know, unfortunately the way the season started out, that wasn't much of a problem, but mm -hmm. you get these guys back out there, you get them healthy, you get some connections going with Carson Wentz and guess what? Pretty soon they are going to have that problem. So that's what I hope to see going forward. Maybe even starting on Monday night is you got a, a, a powerful, fast, you know, defense that, that they're going to have to really work a lot harder than, than they thought, you know, to slow down. And that's, that's going to make all the difference in the world for the Colts. And is it also a bit of a case too, that Carson Wentz, um, he led the NFL with giveaways is, is that probably the other thing that if we're going to go to Baltimore and we'll get onto that next is, is that probably one thing that has to happen this week is another game with no giveaways. Cause that was his first game in a long, long time that he hadn't done that. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, he's only had that one fluky, you know, turnover so far this year, which is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, you go to Baltimore and they've got, you know, you don't want to turn that ball over to Lamar Jackson more times than you, that you need to, because mm -hmm. you, you, we've seen what he can do with it. He's very mobile. He's very dangerous. He's got a great throwing arm. Um, and you know, when I think of Baltimore, I really think of a, a really tough physical defense also. So they're, they're going to have to work for what they get on that field on Monday night. They're going to have to work hard for it. So yeah, you don't want the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands more times than it needs to be. Um, and yeah, you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to want to be making mistakes against a team like that. And, and truthfully, that's probably going to be the biggest difference between last week and this week is the Colts could make mistakes against the dolphins and still come out of there with a win. You play a team like the Ravens, you better not be making those mistakes or you're probably not walking out of there with a win. So, yeah, what <clears throat> I know the ultimate thing would, would be to get a win this week, but what would you want to see happen this week? Another step forward. I, I, I definitely want to see Carson Wentz a little bit more mobile. I mean, really, I mean, I have to say, I think he made about a 50% recovery from last week to this week though. Last yeah. week, it literally looked like someone was holding his ankles onto the field, you know, like he couldn't move at all. And, and of course that's going to affect your throwing motion too. And of course you're going to get, you know, you get any pressure at all, you know, you can't run, you know, you're going to flinch. I'd be flinching out there. So this week, I feel like he, he was a lot more mobile. He was a lot more free throwing the ball and moving around in the pocket a little bit. And to see even more of that this week, I think would be great. So, you know, let's hope he feels a little bit more healthy. He can be a little bit more mobile and really get out there and, and get some of his targets. I definitely... I definitely want to see, you know, um, our wide receivers take a step forward too. We need to see more from Paris Campbell. We do. I mean, I think Michael Pittman's done a great job of make, you know, take, taking steps every game to really be that guy. Let's get the running game going. I mean, 
Jonathan Taylor, that's great. But guess what? Do you think the Ravens are going to let you put up 100 rushing yards on them? Probably not. So again, you're going to have to work harder for those rushing yards you get. Um, you know, maybe some more clever use too of Naheem Hines. He is such a, um, I mean, you, honestly, you can do anything with that guy. He is, you know, he, he's a running back, but he's also kind of a wide receiver. And, you know, so let, let's do some, some creative stuff with him. I, to be honest with you, I'd like to see us even get a little more creative with the play calling. You know, I mean, I think right now they just wanted to get Carson in there and get everyone used to playing together, but hopefully week five, you know, let's start, you know, let's start pulling some different things out of the playbook too, and see what we can do with these guys. Now that there's a little bit more of a comfort level there, you know, and they're kind of starting to show some progress and again, hopefully a little bit healthier. So, and then, you know, the O-line, it's been such a saga this year. Uh, the right side uh, clearly still has some problems. You know, uh, Davenport has not been great down there. Get Braden Smith, you know, he's not practicing yet. He's still going to be out for a while. I think Mark Lewinsky is kind of trying to hold his own down there on that end. Surprisingly, with Quentin Nelson out, that left side's holding up kind of all right. They really are. I know Eric Fisher is not 100% healthy yet. Um, but Chris Reed, the guy who had to step in for, for uh, Quentin Nelson, that's not an easy position, you know, to fill those shoes. He is doing an incredibly respectable job at that position. So, um, you know, again, Eric Fisher's coming off of an Achilles injury. That is not a fat, and really it was in like January. So he, uh, the, the more we can get him healthy, strong, you know, and a- able to be out there, you know, the whole game, I mean, that's going to be a really good thing for the Colts. But I think Chris Reed is holding up incredibly well. And yeah, we could we could definitely solidify that right side a little bit more. I I truthfully, I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that though until Braden Smith comes back. So ideally, Braden Smith starts practicing and there's some hope of that. If not, you know, whatever we can do, but we got to solidify that right side just a little bit more, you know, to be honest, to protect Carson Wentz. Because as we've seen, if you don't have him, this whole thing looks real different. So, well, look, let's let's hope to. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit nervous about going into Baltimore on Monday night, but it's performances like this when I mean backs against the wall, not complete backs against the wall because you managed to come off a win, but um, still going into hostile territory on Monday night football is is going to be pretty difficult, but. A big thank you joining us on Third and Long today. Really appreciate it. I can't wait to get back to Indianapolis now. I've got one question to ask you that a lot of people don't even know about. Uh, what's a, I've just gone completely blank on the name. Famous uh, Indianapolis restaurant that has the – St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's. Have you had yes. the famous the St. Elmo's uh, appetizer that blows your head off? <laughs> the shrimp cocktail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the funny, funny thing. St. Elmo's has a sister restaurant right next to it. It's called Harry and Izzy's. And it's sort of their like more casual. It's not just a steakhouse. It's kind of their more casual fare, you know, and they also have that appetizer there. So ever since Lucas Oil Stadium opened, we've been going to Harry and Izzy's before the game. Like that is yeah. our place. That's our tailgating spot. We go there. And someone pretty much every game orders the shrimp cocktail uh, before we walk over to Lucas Oil Stadium. So 
our sinuses are cleared, you know, and we're, uh, we, we had a few drinks to, uh, to kind of wash down that horseradish, but yeah, no, you gotta have it. It is, it's incredible. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, too, one of the famous jokes is you bring someone there that's never yeah. had it and you just load it up, you know, and, and their, their eyes are watering and, you know, so I, I put a little on there and then I literally like just scrape it all off and there's enough left on there to still kind of, you know, clear your sinuses. So, but well, it, it's, I, made the fatal, I made the fatal mistake thinking I looked at it and now it had that, it looked like a, a dip look. Like when you just saw, Oh, it looks like dip. And I remember tucking right into it. This would have been after the Super Bowl when it was in Indianapolis and just went bang. And then my head blew clean off my yeah. shoulders. <laughs> It is. It's a classic. You know, you can't really explain it to people and until you try it. But no, that is such a great place. And they've I mean, their staff is the best. And, and you know, they're, they're pretty close to the stadium. So it's a nice little walk over there. And it's just that that is honestly like it's been our place since I guess 2008 when Lucas Oil Stadium opened. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't imagine starting game day any other way. And yeah, that that is that's a must if you come to Indianapolis and you need to come back soon and go to a Colts game. I will be coming back. And as I mentioned, for anyone that wants to go to Indy as well, a good friend of mine, Kyle connect has got bullseye events. And if you actually want to get a great uh, pregame package and maybe even get, get you down on the field pregame, he, he's the man to see. So big shout out to Kyle. Kyle will hook you up for sure. 100%. But Big thanks. And if you want to follow Heather, it's at by Heather Lloyd and her website is the blue man. A big thanks to Heather for joining us on this morning, your afternoon. Yes. And Hey, anytime this is, you know, it was a fun game. It was a fun, it's all victory Monday. It's always fun to come on and talk. You know, I mean, it's kind of celebrate this first win and we didn't talk about the defense too much, but I give them a lot of credit too, because you know, they, they have made some strides and I feel like even the, the past rush and, you know, they're, they're coming along too. So let's hope we can get everything, bring it all together on Monday night. We're going to need everything we have to play the Ravens the way they play. And uh, I think, I think another week, you know, they had some hard practices. Did you hear they had a players only meeting this week? That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, they, they knew what they were up against and they knew how important this game was. So I sort of feel like they're in the right headspace now too. So let's practice real hard this week. Let's tape up our ankles. <laughs> let's make sure that we keep everyone, you know, in, in good uh, physical condition and let's get out there and give them our best possible game because that's what it's going to take. And honestly, I can't wait to watch though, because I think I think they're their game. I really do. I think they're up for it. I think they know what it's going to take. And I think it's going to be fun to watch them respond and um, and go out there and get it. So you guys get some rest this week. I know that means you're going to be up uh, either real early or real late, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, no, nah, we'll be we'll be all up pretty early and we'll look forward to chatting again soon. So big thanks from everyone. I can't wait. Uh, to the house this week is uh, discussing all things NFL. What better man to uh, help us discuss that is Nick Toprope Tedeschi. Uh, he struggled week four, unfortunately, going one and five. Gives him a tally over the year of 12 and 10. Uh, welcome in, Toprope Tedeschi. How are you, mate? Struggled. Nearly drowned him, Jake. <laughs> Nearly drowned in ineptitude. It's, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't really fire a shot last week. Uh, uh, my my favourite angle, the division, uh, division underdogs. Didn't really come through. So anyway, we lived to fight another week. Yeah, you had a 
couple of close um, results. He weren't too far away a few of them. Unfortunately, they only pay out on the final result. But uh, <laughs> probably, I'm going to say stick fat with top rope. You got to get one out of the way early. Started on fire. He's just uh, flattened out after the four weeks. But we've got a solid four weeks behind us now, top rope, and uh, we're looking for the bounce back factor in week five. Yeah, no one ever all to distract us anymore. Either. MG, the uh, the grand final took a bit of time last week, so. Full focus this week, kid. Full focus this week on uh, what is a pretty interesting slate for week five. Yeah, some good matches coming up top rope. Okay, we'll just go to a couple of graphics first. We'll just summarise what happened the previous week. Uh, the bookie wrap for week four, uh, pretty even week here, top rope. We had 10 favourites win out of the 16 games, eight covered the line, seven over totals, and the home teams were seven out of 16 as well. So as you can see there on the screen, the favourites are running at 58%. Uh, the away favourites are dominating at 60% at the moment, as well as the under totals. And you can see the new graphic there, the home teams, we're running at just on 50% there at 48. So it's just something to keep an eye on, that uh, home ground advantage hasn't been as uh, dominant so far this year. So we'll just track that as the year goes on. Uh, the next graphic, we'll just quickly run over Top Rope's uh, week four performances. You can see there on the screen, uh, his only victory on that week was uh, New England at the plus seven and a half on the line. Uh, the others, uh, as we said, some close results, but uh, no chocolates. So we're looking forward to uh, Top Rope's uh, analysis for upcoming week five. And uh, Top Rope, if you don't mind, we'll get straight into the games with the uh, first match on uh, Friday at uh, where we see the LA Rams travel to Seattle uh, at 11.20 a.m. on Friday. Um, we've got a f- away favourite here, the Rams. Uh, been good money for them. They opened minus one, now minus two and a half here. The total's at 54 and a half. Top rope, we've got both sides off a loss. Uh, this is a big divisional matchup. Um, early push for the Rams, as I said. Uh, do you see any value in the home team Seattle here? Yeah, no, I'm siding with the Rams on this one. My first inclination was probably like you, kid, a bit of value in Seattle here. Uh, they've covered just two of 11 off a win, three of their last 10 in the division. It's just a big spot for the Rams. They've covered five of six off a loss, eight of nine off allowing 30-plus. They've covered 11 of 15 in the division, 13 of 16 off a double-digit home loss. Uh, I'm going to be on the Rams here. 40 no one leading at halftime. For, so any of those... Uh, in play punters out there as well. If they've got the lead, you want to be on the Rams. Okay, Corey, what are your thoughts here? Rams at Seattle. Juicy uh, game, this one, Marco. I'm, I'm more inclined to go with Russell Wilson. Seems like he's really uh, rolling at the moment, even though their defense is a little leaky, but um, really looking forward to this one. Um, but, yeah, very very close uh, divisional, divisional game. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Seahawks in this one. Green Bay Packers travel to Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is our first slot on the Monday at 4 a.m. This game will be shown live on 7, mate. Uh, another away favourite here, top rope. We've got the Packers minus three flat, solid in the market so far. And the total slight increase, gone from 49.5 to 50.5. Uh, how do you see this match? Yeah, you're going to play the under in this one, uh, kid. Uh, probably slightly towards the Packers. Uh, look, as you mentioned, road favourites have a good record this year. Packers covered five or six of a win. The Bengals, uh, they're probably just one of their last seven of a win, but they're five and two against the number as a home dog. So probably leaving that one. But going to go the under here. Under is eight and three when Cincinnati are uh, a dog, five and one when they a win. And the Packers, uh, the under is five and two when they're a road favourite. So uh, I'll be on the under this one, even though the line's heading north. 
Corey, what are your thoughts on Green Bay at Cincinnati this week? Yeah, look, even though it's away from home, I'm really liking what the what the Packers are now doing on offense. I reckon uh, now that Aaron Rodgers has had some time with the, all their offense, they are looking a vastly improved team after the abomination of, of week one. But yeah, look, even though it's in Cincinnati, I will be definitely going, and I think you're going, with the Green Bay Packers this week. Yeah, I'm under pressure. I need a win here, Corey, so uh, glad you agree with me. Miami Dolphins travel to the defending champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in a tough matchup for them. This will be shown at 4 a.m. on ESPN. We've got uh, the home favorite here, dominant favorite, Tampa Bay, at minus 10.5. The total at 47.5. Top rope, we've got Miami have lost three straight. They've got a very ordinary offense going against Tom Brady and a very good offense. How do you see this one? Insane line here from mine. I'll be double betting this game. I'll be on the Dolphins at the big plus and the over here. Uh, Tampa Bay, 8 and 19 against the number as a home favourite, 1 and 4 against the spread in their last five as a favourite. They've lost uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., the key safety there, uh, Gronk, John, uh, JPP, both in major doubt. Uh, Miami might get two back this week, some hope. Covered 22 of the last 32, 18 of the last 24 as a dog, seven of the last eight of a loss. I'll be on the I'll be on the Dolphins here, and this is a big over spot for both teams. Uh, the Bucks there are 20 and seven over against the losing team, 10 and two over as a home favourite. The Dolphins nine and three over off a loss. So backing the Dolphins and backing the over with a good deal of confidence there. Corey, what are your thoughts? Tampa strong favourites? Yeah, it nearly seems like the uh, Tampa coming into this game and nearly has that feel like they've come off a loss. So when I say that, Tom Brady didn't throw for a touchdown last week and and I get the feeling he's going to be reasonably angry and a little bit pissed off that he's going to want to make up for that. The Dolphins, on the other hand, aren't taking advantage of the thing that they're good at with the run game. Jacoby uh, uh, Brissett relies heavily on his passing, won't take advantage of that. Um, but I'm, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just think with Tom back and, uh, yeah, to get him back on home soil and to make up a little bit for last week, even though they won, I get the feeling he's treating it like a little bit of a loss because he didn't have such a good game himself. Philadelphia Eagles uh, travel to Carolina Panthers uh, for another 4 a.m. time slot on ESPN here. We've got the home favourite, the Panthers, uh, minus four flat and a lowish total here, top rope of 45 flat. We've got uh, Philadelphia have lost three straight and only beaten Atlanta, who are zero and four. And the Panthers lost last week, their first loss to Dallas. Uh, Got a few injuries. Uh, How do you see this match? Yeah, don't love this game as a betting proposition. Uh, Kind of the Eagles here. They've covered just four of their last 15 off a loss. One of their last six is a road dog. One of their last 12 off a double-digit home loss. Carolina, they've covered four or five off a layer and 30-plus. They are a pretty good defensive side. Sam Darnold's playing pretty well in, in his new role there. Christian McCaffrey could be back as well. So I'll, I'll lead in the minus four here with Carolina, but not a huge betting game. Corey? Good game here. Philadelphia travel to Carolina. Uh, Philadelphia, any chance? Massive chance, Marco. I have no idea who to pick in this game. I think you can mount a very strong case for either team that Philly haven't been as uh, as bad as what their records suggest. And the same with Carolina. They only lost uh, their first game last week against the Dallas Cowboys. But again, comes down to a flip of the coin. I might just go with Carolina only just in this one. 
New York Giants travel to Dallas. What a matchup this is. Old rivalries renewed. We've got uh, a 725 time slot here on ESPN. Uh, the Dallas are strong favorites after a good start early in the season. They're minus seven flat and a highest total here, uh, 52 flat top rope. A div- divisional matchup. Um, Dallas are unlucky probably not to be 4-0. Uh, a close loss to Tampa Bay in week one, losing by two points. Uh, they've got a dominant offense. Uh, can the Giants keep up with Dallas in this game? Yeah, I, I think they can. I think they can at least run this one pretty close here. Peter's uh, on both sides. Dallas at the worst off, particularly if, uh, if Diggs is out at quarterback. Um, look, this is just... A, a great spot for the Giants here. Divisional road underdogs are, are, are absolute money uh, the first three quarters of the year. The Giants, 22-6 and six against the number as a road dog, 20-6 and six against the number on the road, covered their last five divisional games. Uh, Dallas, they've covered just two of their last 10 off scoring 30-plus, four of their last 14 as a favourite. Uh, yeah, I've got to be with the Giants here. I think the Giants are excellent value at the plus seven. That won't last. This will start less than seven. Thanks for that top rope. Okay, Paige, what are your thoughts here, Giants at Dallas? It's a strange matchup, this one. I mean, they're, they're rivals. We know that. And, look, for, we're going to give, you know, the Giants a bit of credit for what they did last week. Daniel Jones, I think he he was exceptional. Now he's got better, you know, disposal now at wideout, at rushing with Barkley back as well. But, you know, for me... They're going to be an enigma. They're only going to be as good as they allow themselves to be, and that's certainly been a big win for them in week four. But how do you stop the Cowboys? You know, we've said it before, they're, they are so unlucky not to be 4-0 coming into a potential perfect start of the season. I love what Dak Prescott is producing. He's had so many issues in the offseason, obviously, with the ankle last year. Come back, hasn't missed a beat. I just really love what they're doing. I think Ezekiel Elliott, fantastic, arguably in the conversation as one of the offensive players of the year so far, I think, and deserves to be. Lots and lots of options there at receiver and at running back for the Cowboys. And for me, I just I really like the Cowboys here. I'm really, really have a feeling about them this week. Okay. Sounds like it might be uh, close to your best bet of the week, Paige. Uh, it might be. I think we might be trending in that direction, but the Cowboys here. Okay. Second of our afternoon games here at 7.25 on 7, mate. We see a divisional game again here, top rope, the 49ers at Arizona. Arizona are decent favourites here, minus five flat. It's been a little bit of money for them early. Uh, good size total here at 50 and a half. Um, we've seen a good move here for the under. That opened 53 and a half down to 50 and a half. Arizona with the number one offense in the comp. Can the 49ers keep up here, top rope? Yeah, look, they've got a few injuries. That's the worry, but I'd, I'd much rather be on the 49ers here with a uh, uh, decent start here. We'll mention it before, divisional road underdogs. Got to have them here. But the Niners have covered four of their last five in the division, four of their last five against winning teams, 10 of their last 14 as a dog. Arizona, four of their last 13 as a favourite, seven of their last 27 as a home favourite. So not a great spot for them to be in here. Uh, look, I've got to be with the 49ers in this one. I think there's some value. Big watch on whether Jimmy Garoppolo plays. Uh, George Kittle also in doubt. But, uh, uh, yeah, big bo- I monitor on the, the, the injury list, but inclination here is to be on the Niners. and be on the Niners pretty hard. Paige, we've got your 49ers against the 4-0 Arizona Cardinals. Oh, are you giving God. your 49ers any chance here or are you going to stick with a form and say Arizona? Well, I mean, 
Look, it's, it's, it's hard being a 49ers fan right now. You burst out of the gate like you do in the first two weeks. You lose a very close one of the Packers. You lose another game at home to the Seahawks, absolute rivals. You just think, what's going on here? Now, all the form, I think, like you said, is that Arizona deserve to be favourites, and, and they should be. They've been exceptional. You, you can't fault them. They haven't done anything wrong. But I'm a little bit concerned at QB. Trey Lance, he's got to start now. Your boy? He, oh, I love him. Okay. You know, I've pumped this guy up so much, but it, it's another layer of nervousness yep. when he has to start. Yes. And I'm just like, well, Jimmy G, he hasn't blown the lights out either, but it's just having a more senior head. It's it's having the luxury of being able to stream both of them. You know, when we get close to, when we're in the red zone, you see Trey Lance come out because he can run and he can, he can do those things. Jimmy G, not so much. You'd prefer to have two of them, but... Kyler Murray, <laughs> that's a problem. Come on, Paige, don't sit on the fence. Ah, can you, can know you what? spit the words out, Arizona or not? I'm, I'm going to say uh, we're talking about money here and so on money I'm taking Arizona. If I'm backing with my heart, I'm taking my 49ers every okay. day of the week. But this might be a game that they pinch when they, they don't deserve to. Don't be surprised come next week the 49ers have got the win. <sighs> I'd be happy about it, but I don't want to lose money over it. Okay. All right, she's sticking fat with Arizona there. The late game on the Monday is an absolute cracker here. Last year's uh, AFC championship game, we've got the Buffalo Bills travelling to Kansas City. We've got Kansas City slight favourite here at home, minus three flat, and a good size total here, top rope 56 flat with expecting plenty of points. Uh, two main contenders here for the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got uh, second v third in the offence with the Bills currently number one ranked defence. Uh, how do you see this game panning out? Yeah, the Bills have been great value of last. I'm going to go, I'm going to attack the points here and go with Buffalo. Covered 12 of their last 15 overall, nine of their last 11 as a road dog, 10 of their last 13 off a win, nine of their last 10 off winning by 14 plus. So, oh, this is a real good spot for them. Kansas City, look, they got the job against Philadelphia last weekend and the, the offense kind of clicked again, getting back into the 40s, but they still allowed, uh, allowed a pretty ordinary Philadelphia team to, to get themselves into the 30s. So uh, not overly in love with where the Chiefs are at right now. They've covered just three of their last 15 overall, two of their last 12 for win, one of their last seven as a home favourite. Oh, I'll be taking Buffalo. I'm surprised this line is at three. So, uh, yeah, real nice uh, play by on this one. Thanks, Top Rope. Okay, Paige, match of the week here, undoubtedly Sunday night. Oof. Here we've got uh, uh, Buffalo against KC. Are you going to stick fat with my side here, Buffalo, my tip for the Super Bowl, or are you going with uh, Corey's KC? Look, I've just got like goosebumps thinking about this Ooh. game. I'm so amped for it. This is a genuine cracker of a match. Um, I really like Buffalo here. I really do. I love what they've done the last two weeks. They're, they've just got so many outlets to, to utilise when it comes to scoring points. And Josh Allen, he, he had a slip-up. In week two, I think it was. And now in week three and week four, he's just come out and gone absolutely bonkers. Now, Stefan Diggs as well, phenomenal so far this season. You just can't stop him. They're tight end whose first name I've forgotten, but yeah. surname is Knox. And yeah, Diggs is backing up from a phenomenal last year. Oh, he's gone right on the he? job this year so far. I, the, the query on Buffalo is a bit of their, uh, their opposition so far, uh, do you think? I mean, I know they've had some big shutouts, but all of a sudden now they go up a big step. KC at KC, do you think that poses a problem or yeah. do you think they're going better? 
you know what? It, it's kind of the way you look at it. It's almost six of one and half a dozen of the other. Yes, they've had some, you know, pretty poor to average opposition, but they've still beaten those teams convinc- convincingly. And that's what you need to do when you have opportunities to put points up. They do it and they've done it. Now they get the measuring stick. They get the measuring stick against the Chiefs, who bounced back after a pretty couple, in a pretty bad couple of weeks. They were embarrassed at Arrowhead last time they were at home. Is Mahomes going to let that happen again? That's the question. Again, Mahomes and Co. There's so many options for them too. This could be a real shootout, I feel. Um, but the issue I'm seeing this year with with KC is I don't I don't think their defense is as good as maybe what we've been led to believe. I think they have been quite leaky and and certainly have allowed a lot of points that perhaps they shouldn't have so far this season. And and I'm going to take the Bills this week, and I think Josh Allen and the Bills, massive statement. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, the best defense against the 31st, so KC can't stop anyone at this stage. So I'm going to back in Buffalo's defense to get the job. I don't think there's too much between the offense. You might be right, there'll be some points, but when it comes to someone stopping the other team to get the victory, I'm going to back in Buffalo's defense. Buffalo all day. Okay. The Monday night game, which is shown on Tuesday at 11.15 a.m. our time, be shown on ESPN. We have the Indianapolis Colts travelling to Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens are solid favourites here. Top rope, your uh, pre-season Super Bowl tip. The line here is Baltimore minus seven flat, a mid-range total of 46 flat. The Baltimore have won their last three now, and Indianapolis just scraped a win against uh, the lowly Miami last week. Uh, Top Rope, how is your Super Bowl tip tracking so far? Yeah, look, they're probably sliding under the radar at the moment. Look, they probably haven't been overly impressive, but they kept winning, and to be honest, that's what I want to see a team. I think I'm going to do this time of year. You don't win Super Bowls in September, so uh, they're doing enough. Uh, would much rather be Baltimore than the Colts. The Colts have covered just one of their last five as underdog, and I get the feeling Carson Wentz is pretty ordinary uh, at the moment. He certainly doesn't seem to have the mobility he had at once at Philadelphia, so happy to pop them. Uh, the Ravens have covered six of the last eight as a favourite. I'll be at Baltimore and so Okay, Paige, we've got Monday night football, Tuesday morning here. We've got uh, the Colts v Baltimore. Uh, Colts got, a, we'll, we'll call it a win against Miami. That's what it was on the road. Was Not it really? too bad. Someone had to win the game. Yeah, well. Um, I'm not sure about the form line, but uh, Baltimore looks like the engine's now running. Uh, any chance Colts causing the upset here with the line being a touchdown? I think Carson Wentz and the Colts are just relying too much on the run game. And they've got issues at, at, at receiver, I think. And, and that's probably where Baltimore's defense is going to really enjoy a day out if Carson Wentz wants to start throwing it. They've been really good. I think they've finally got a nice blend, the Ravens, between defense and offense. They're equally as dangerous, but also really stodgy. They don't allow teams to put up points against them, the Ravens. And I think on offense, they've really got a good spread of options. And Lamar Jackson, he's like a a gadget man. He's like... He's almost like the human joystick. hard to to shut down. Isn't he? Like Once he gets going in his own run game, you can't stop him. Right? He bounces around and off and around, guys, and, and, and he'll get yardage and downs and he'll continue to do that all day long if the option presents. Now, the Colts, whether they go man coverage, whether they're blitzing, um, again, we're going to see that really early and I think we'll, we'll find out about what their defense plans to do within the first few snaps of, of Baltimore taking possession. So I can't see a way in which the Colts win here. I can only see a comfortable Ravens victory. 
Okay, so Paige sticking fat with a favourite on Monday Night Football. That's a wrap of our eight games uh, on TV. I love eight live games this year. Um, we've got, you know, full book. We've got a lot to cover, but we've done it. If you need top ropes, uh, full coverage, get to Little Birdie Pod, uh, look up to the house. He only charges $22 a week for his uh, weekly analysis. Uh, and if you want to get the season pass, it's available there for you. If you're serious about all things NFL punting, uh, please log on and get the latest uh, information from Top Rope there. Time to uh, just cover over the Super Bowl prices now. We'll update this each week as we go for uh, any any punters that love playing the futures. Just quickly run through them, Top Rope, and any thoughts that stand out. We've got actually $6.50 the field at the moment. Tampa Bay, slight favourites. KC are at 6.75. My team, the Bills, are into 8.25. The Rams off a hot start at $9. The Browns at $11. Uh, your team, top rope, the Baltimore Ravens at $13. They're alongside the Packers. We have hot starters here. Arizona 4-0 at the moment at $15. And also Dallas going well here at $16. What are your uh, thoughts after a month's play here, top rope? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with with the ones I've got at the moment. I'm happy with that on the Ravens. Uh, look, the Niners have fallen back a little bit, but not upset to be on that slight unders here. Uh, I tell you what, it's a bit of value. I'm on a decent price. The Chargers. Uh, I thought they were very very impressed for Monday. It's a pretty good Raiders side, so uh, happy to jump on on, on them at the eighteen dollars. There's a little bit of value there uh, at the top of the market. You know, I think I think the Bucks are vulnerable. The Rams are vulnerable. I think the Chiefs are vulnerable. So I'm picking one of the single figures. It'd be the probably Bills at the moment. But, you know, I I'm, I wouldn't be jumping into any of those single figure ones. I'd be looking kind of at around that kind of 15 to 1 and north of that for, for players to be, be looking to to, to, to to really jump on. Uh, nothing at a huge price. This is not a time to be jumping on kind of you know, 100 to 1 shots, 500 to 1 shots. Uh, so I'd, if I was recommending one bet this week or two bets this week, it would be the Chargers and the 49ers at 18 and 21 respectively. Thanks for that top rope. Okay, on to the important part of the week for some, our best bets of the week. Uh, we do this for Corey's platform, Walk With Me Online. So it's uh, it's for an important cause. He does great work in the mental health space uh, and we are trying our best to pick winners. At the moment, we are led by Corey and we are hearing it. Uh, the chats, it's it's too much actually. Daily we hear our leader is 4-0, and o, Paige, um, and he keeps telling us that we're 1-3. and three, So We get a text a bit, every day about it's it. It's a bit disappointing. So we are going to just have a look at week four's results. Um, not good reading for us, Paige, but as you can see on the screen, um, Nick Toprobe actually had his first loss, so he goes to 3-1. and one. Uh, Corey, 4-0, and o, he correctly tipped the Green Bay Packers minus 7. So he has now earned $380 for his uh, platform there, and unfortunately, Paige and myself, self-tipped uh, Tennessee minus seven and a half and Tampa Bay minus five and a half. Unfortunately, didn't get the chocolate. So the pressure is on us for this week. And now we will get everybody's best bets for week five. We'll go to top rope first. What's your best for the week, top rope? Uh, I'm going to the Minnesota-Detroit game. Uh, and I am going to take uh, the over in that one, over flat 49 to $1.84. Uh, I think there's plenty of points in this one. Uh, both are in very big over positions here. So... Uh, I'll be taking the over Detroit at Minnesota. Thanks for that top rope. Okay, to our leader now, Corey. You started four and zero. So, what is your best for the week? Now, Mark, if I've learnt one thing about the third and long podcast, is that whenever we build something up, you can guarantee the next week it will be putrid. 
So whatever I say, now that you've built me up, there's no chance of actually winning this week. But that said, I think I'll go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like the line. I think it's at minus 10. There you have it for those following Corey. He's 4-0 and and he's tipping up uh, Tampa Bay minus 10.5 this week. Over to you, Paige. We're, we're, under, we're under a bit of a pressure. We're 1-3, and three, yeah. so... Uh, Corey's called us out. So what have you got for us this week as your best? We are under the pump a bit, but I really like the Cowboys this week. I really like them at minus seven. They have been flying. There's just points left, right and center. Ezekiel Elliott, he's just in ripping form. Dak Prescott is in the conversation for MVP, I think. And the Cowboys, probably unlucky not to be 4-0. They, um, they've been really, really good. But I'd love to get your thoughts. Who are you on this week, Marco? Well, I'm going to uh, try my luck with uh, Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I know they go into Cincinnati. Ooh. It's uh, both three and one, but uh, you know I, I priced I priced this game uh, six six and a half. Um, so at minus three, Green Bay, they were the standout for me this week. So uh, I'm going to pin my hope on Green Bay Packers. I like it. I like it. Well, boys, we've got a pair of Super Bowl party tickets to give away at our end of season get together to watch the Super Bowl this year at Little Birdie TV. Now, all you've got to do to win a pair of these tickets to give to a mate of yours is to reply to a tweet that goes out on Thursday night. And we're going to be asking you who is going to win between the Rams and the Seahawks on Thursday night football. You've just got to reply and tell us who wins and by how much. It's as simple as that. The winner or the closest to the margin will get the two tickets and come party with us on Super Bowl Day. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on Third and Long, brought to you by topsport.com.au and Little Birdie TV. I want to thank Marco, Corey and Top Rope for joining us this week. And don't forget, you can find us on YouTube or on the Apple Store or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Little Birdie TV, Third and Long TV, and wherever else you would like to follow us, definitely subscribe on YouTube. But remember, all of your NFL action can be found at topsport.com.au. And don't forget, invest wisely, punters. Listener.